welcome back to Daily DVR. I got a great show for you today. Today is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. Become a patron, patreon.com slash DVR. Thank you, patrons. I love each and every one of you. And I hope soon we're going to have a patron coming. I got today. I keep on forgetting. So I'm going to say it on the show, which will make me do it. I'm going to text my friend Derek and uh, ask him to come on the show. He hosts a podcast called Conspirituality um, that is kind of about, well, if you live in America, you know what it's about because everybody thinks some crazy shit these days. And um, it's got to do with uh, the intersection of yoga and conspiracy and the whole kind of uh, weird world we live in today. But I want to have him come and talk about his book and all that. Um, But today, we have a great guest, a man you all know and love. We are patrons of each other. His name is Michael Lacombe, otherwise known around these parts as One Mike. Um, How you doing, Mike? What's up, man? I'm doing great. I don't know if I'm loved, but yeah, I mean, people are. Some people know me, but uh, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm loved by very many. But yeah, uh, good to be here, man. It's been it's been a little while, so yeah, ready to ready to talk about some shit that we watched. Yeah, I will dispute that. I think that you are well loved. It's okay, love. There's nothing wrong with love. No, uh, no, not know, at all. People love you. You got to accept it. Um, yeah, we got a whole <laughs> a whole host of shows to talk about. Um, but I wanted to start out with something. I want to ask okay. your opinion on it because I know that you are a television aficionado. You watch a bunch of shit, but you also like to think about and talk about the state of what we watch, streaming, broadcast, a little bit of the business or how this shit is served to us, right? Um, mm-hmm. And just today, Amazon finally announced They were the last after Disney Plus, Netflix, Max. I mean, we already know Peacock does it, but to to have an ad-supported tier. Uh, Previously, they had something called Freevee, which they've been pushing, and they put Bosch on that and a couple of other. Jury Duty was on Freevee um, Mm -hmm. originally, but now they're going to offer, I guess, an ad you, you th- what they're going to do is they're going to make, I guess, Amazon Prime have ads, and then you can pay an additional three bucks a month to not have ads. <laughs> so they're doing it a little bit differently, right? Like they're going to say, if you don't want ads, you got to pay an extra $3. Not like most of the other streamers, which have just said, oh, hey, by the way, if you, you want to pay $10 less, Mm-hmm. You can, but you have ads. So it was a little bit of a different marketing. But I don't know. What do you think about this? I mean, are, are we moving to the day where I think I I might I think I put this on Facebook and I was like, how far away are we really from everything? They don't offer an ad free version anymore, and we're watching ads again. <laughs> wow! I hope we don't get to that point. I I think there's too much money in making everything have ads but then incentivizing the ad free option i think i think there's too much money in that but i don't know but, but maybe there's more money in forcing ads I, I don't know but um i think that's kind of a backwards way of doing it i, I think the the reverse way the way it customarily happens with a, a a cheaper ad tier and then you you know you pay whatever you're paying normally and it's like oh by the way if you want to 
pay less, there's this ad supported version. I think that's the best way to do it. The, the way to keep people happiest. They're probably looking at it like, well, we're already getting all their money from, you know, the people who get it just off the strength of, you know, the packages and stuff like that. And, right. and using Amazon in that way, we can bleed a couple extra bucks if we throw ads in here mm-hmm. and make people pay more for it. And I, I understand the logic. I just don't think that they have the content to support it. Because if 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 I watched Prime enough, would I pay three dollars extra a month to not have ads? Probably, but I'm not gonna pay that when I don't fucking watch it because yeah. you don't have anything good on there. <laughs> you put all put all your money into like these shitty shows, and, uh, and like I'm not gonna I'm not going to pay it. So like it, yeah, I think it's a uh, I don't think it's really gonna work out for them until at least they have the content to support you know to support that idea. Like that's what happened with me and Hulu actually. Like I didn't use Hulu very much. And I was never interested in paying for the ad-free version. And then with the FX stuff, and then um, uh, they just they just started adding shows that I liked, and some of their original content started becoming things that I'm interested in. I'm like, look, now it makes sense for me to have the the ad-free version because I watch it too much. So I mean, I'm sorry, I watch it so much. Right. So yeah, with Amazon not having that, I I don't know. I just don't see how this works out for them. Yeah, you make a lot of good points. Um... I mean, we have Amazon because of Prime. I don't, I, I, I've never really, I have to admit, even though I freaking do this every day, I don't know if I've ever asked myself, would I actually pay 10, even 10 bucks a month for Amazon Prime? And now that I think about it, I don't think I, I absolutely would. absolutely wouldn't. No, no I, I absolutely wouldn't would not. <laughs> I, don't, I can't think of, that is probably... When there's a show on there, I watch it. Like, I like The Boys, right? I like, um, Mm -hmm. what's it called? Invincible. Um, I can't, and and then I'm trying to think, do I really like, I'll pick up a show here and there, my wife and I will watch, but it won't be great. They really are kind of the bottom of the barrel, but that's okay, because like you said, we all just get the packages, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. what it's really for in all the other aspects of, being an Amazon person, which is like all of America. But I see this maybe more as an experiment um, because they did so much experimenting with Freebie and Amazon in general is a company that has really built itself. They, they haven't built themselves by selling great books or having great products. They've really built themselves through the algorithm similarly to Netflix where they learn how to sell to you, right? They try different programs. They try different discounts will appear for different. I don't know if people realize that, but everyone will basically get, you can get, you get different prices on Amazon depending on who you are and what you've purchased before. So everything's customized like that. So to me, this is kind of a step that I think it might not work because I think you're right. I think unless they're willing to put, a lot more money, maybe not even money because they put a lot of money into it, but more creativity, focus into the shows mm-hmm. they make. I don't really give a shit. They could go away. Like, honestly, I don't really need to see Lord of the Rings season two. I'm okay. I can uh, wait. I'm good. Yeah. Like I saw I season need it. one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, it, I'll need it. <laughs> yeah. It was not, there's nothing on there. Maybe the boys maybe invincible. That's all I can think of. Yeah, and um, I'm like, we're getting those once every two years. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not gonna pay you guys three dollars extra a month. Yeah, <laughs> for something I'm gonna watch two months, two months out of every 
24. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I hope, I hope you're right. And I hope that they'll always be an option to pay a bit more to not have ads. One of the things, I don't know if you find yourself doing this, but um, when we switched from direct TV to YouTube TV, we lost the East Coast feed. Direct TV provides the West Coast with the East Coast cable feed. Most people right. don't know this, but it's like down low on why so many people love direct TV, especially on the West Coast. Because I could watch any show on cable would come on three hours earlier here. So mm -hmm. you, you can watch all these shows that normally it's not on to like nine, 10 o'clock. If you're old fogey, like my wife and I, you're like, I could watch this at seven o'clock, right? Or, mm -hmm. or 6.30 or so. So it makes, for, especially for us who are like big Bravo heads, we love that. Um, and and that's, a, that's a really awesome thing to be able to offer something like that to people. And unless you're offering, you know, I kind of lost my train of thought, but I guess I was, I don't know why I was mentioning <laughs> that. Um, I guess, oh, what we do is, now I remember why. Uh, so last night we wanted to watch a Bravo show earlier. And the other option is the app, the Bravo app that we can get through Fire Sticker RTV actually drops the episode after it's done airing in the East Coast. So it's still an hour later, but it's still two hours earlier, right? right. But we have yeah. to watch ads, okay? <laughs> so I said to myself, let's see if this is worth it because I know how many ads an hour YouTube TV puts on video on demand. It's mm -hmm. probably about 10 to 12 minutes per hour. It's actually pretty long. The Bravo app puts about three minutes of videos. So now my wife and I are like, hey, fuck it. For anything on demand, we're going to use the Bravo app because it has less commercial time. And I mm -hmm. mentioned that because it's in this, in this article, it's saying that Amazon is trying to advertise that they will only have four minutes per hour of commercials. And that's going to be hmm. less than Netflix, Hulu, Disney any of those other people. So have you ever found yourself choosing between an app because of you knew one had less commercials per hour? I've never had to face that decision, but if I did, <laughs> I would have made the decision that you made. Yes. And I, I, I almost find that to be kind of weird. Like I could watch it three hours earlier, but I'm going to watch it two hours earlier in order to save seven minutes <laughs> well that's ads. what it, it's not good that's it's the like, only that's, time it's available you know yeah, like, so that's yeah. what it boils down to you yeah. know it's like okay i'm gonna have to watch ads uh, do i want to watch eight minutes fewer eight fewer minutes of ad ads and wait an hour later to watch it and it's like well yeah because i'm still gonna be two hours early anyway so fuck, yeah. so fuck it I, yeah I, i'd made i'd have made the same decision man it's but complicated I, I, I try to not i try to avoid ads on things that i frequently use so i'll pay for the ad-free version if it's something that i use a lot right which is yeah. which is totally. at this point is pretty much every everything yeah. except for like like peacock i still have ads because i don't use peacock a lot um if amazon whenever they institute that i'm still gonna have ads um and yeah i think that's uh, those might be the only ones actually because yeah. apple doesn't apple doesn't even offer that um 
No. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Well, Apple, you know, a lot of people even forget like, yeah, I went through the major streamers. I didn't mention Apple, but I guess if you're not a crazy sci-fi silo foundation invasion uh, right. <laughs> or Ted Lasso weirdo, you don't even know Apple exists. Cause I remember I was listening to a pod. I mentioned it on this pod. I was listening to another podcast that said, that literally only 20% of the people who have Apple TV plus even know they have it. Wow. They think they don't even understand that there's a difference between Apple. Like I'll talk to people and they'll be like, Oh, I bought that on Apple TV. And I'll be like, no, you got that's on Apple TV plus. And they'll be like, Oh, but I clicked the button. I thought it was part of the subscription. Like they just, they just don't understand because it all looks the same. You know, it's yeah, like it does. Yeah. some people have that problem with Amazon. Uh, I remember back in the day, my son, we, before I put the lock on, he ordered like a bunch of things from he, you couldn't even tell the difference on Amazon. Sometimes is it prime, right? Is it, mm -hmm. are you paying for it? So, but they do that on purpose. Cause you know, of course, not, <laughs> mo, no, most people aren't like me who will then call them like repeatedly until they refund the money. Um, <laughs> But uh, all right, cool. That's a little fun little perspective. Um, let's dive in. We had our list of shows. The first off, since it's fresh on your mind, is mm -hmm. you took the time, an hour of your life, to watch a great show on Netflix called Wrestlers, who is from the same people who did Cheer uh, and Last Chance You as well, a great production company. I love this show. My wife and I are five of the seven episodes into it. I think it is definitely going to be in my top 10 of the year. I don't see how it could fall out of it. I was so impressed. I can't wait to watch another episode and I don't even like wrestling. I did when I was a kid, but I don't today. What did you think of wrestling wrestlers? And what is your background on? I know you're an MMA guy, but are you into wrestling too? So for one, that was very high praise you gave the show, you know, like to, to uh, just to say you like a show that much that's about that topic and you're not even really that interested in that topic like that. that that's pretty high praise uh, of the show and you're not even done with it yet. So like, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's wow. That's really uh, encouraging. But yeah, I watched the first episode uh, right prior to us recording. I thought it was really fucking good. I've never seen Cheer or Last Chance You. But I was immediately struck by the production quality of this. I was like, wow, this is really impressive. I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching like a really good movie. I'm like, this is this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm in good hands uh, right now. And yeah, man, it was I, I. OK, so oh, you asked me about wrestling. So I, I was a fan of wrestling as a kid. I watched it, uh, you know, as a small kid when I, like, like when Hogan was around in the 80s. Uh, then I kind of fell out of it. I got back into it again. Uh, during like the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin era, got back into it again at that time, and then whenever I fell out of it, I have not since gotten back into it. Uh, every okay. now and then, if it, if there's a Saturday and I'm you know in the garage and I'm drinking and I'm smoking and I got some fights on, and I'm like, oh, there's a, I see also that the Royal Rumble is on tonight. I, I might turn the Royal Rumble on on another you know thing. You know, I'll, I'll check in if I'm doing nothing. And I'm like, oh shit, it's WrestleMania. Yeah, fuck, I'll watch it. You know, because <laughs> it's part of you know it's part of Peacock. So it's like you know I can you know I can just watch it. So uh, yeah, that's kind of where I am with wrestling. So uh, starting this show up. 
not knowing really what it was about. Like I said, again, I was immediately impressed with the production quality of it. And even as a, I would call myself a fan of wrestling in general. Like I don't currently watch it, but I would call myself a fan of wrestling because when I was into it, I was really into it. And even as a fan of wrestling, the wrestling aspect of it is not even kind of what I'm really there for. Like I'm really into these people's stories, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like these people Amazing. are incredibly interesting to me in just, in just the first hour, I'm really into these people's stories. And then also I didn't realize that the guy who runs the, the uh, promotion that they're uh, highlighting, they're covering in this docuseries that uh, I know the guy, Al Snow from, from, uh, from wrestling or whatever. And yeah. I didn't recognize him at first. And I'm, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, man, this guy looks and sounds familiar. And then they, when they said who he was, I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even realize that was him. So it was cool to see him again and to learn that, like, I had no idea he was doing this. And it, and then just me immediately, I'm thinking about, like, what's going to be the outcome just of this documentary even existing? Like, I don't know how this is going to end. Like, what is this? Like, what I'm already like, what where, where do they stand right now? Are any of these people going to potentially be like, I have all sorts of questions. I'm interested in it. I'm invested in these people. They're so captivating. Uh, their stories. It's so it's so. Like, you feel it's very like almost like it's filmed in a closet. Like it feels very intense. So kind of yeah. like the docu-series version of the bear. <laughs> like it's, it, it, it great, feels very intimate. Point. That's the word yes. I was looking Lots for. Lots of close-ups. very intimate. Yes. Yeah. And, and, they, good, that's a good pickup there, buddy. They, it's, a, it's a similar camera style uh, as yeah, well, yeah. where they zoom right into the close-up. I mean, that was a function of the bear season two. They did it even more. Uh, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and, that, and that really was... Uh, I think that really aids in these people's stories and it just makes it feel when you're hearing them tell these, you know, these stories about what, what's happened to them in their past and stuff like that. And it just makes it feel, I don't know, it just makes it have a bit a greater impact. So yeah, I, I mean, I was really invested in the episode and uh, like I told you right before we started, you know, I, I kind of have, you know, a way that I kind of structure my days and, and Friday is kind of a day where, you know, after everybody goes, to, I do this every day. After everybody goes to sleep, I usually come out in the garage and and, and watch shows. And I kind of have like a, you know, certain days of the week. I'm like, okay, I know I got this show that I'm going to watch. I know I got this one. And after watching the first episode of this, I know that if I get garage time tonight, I'm immediately hitting episode two of this. I don't even know. Like I've already <laughs> banished from my mind, whatever my plans were <laughs> for Friday night. I'm, I'm firing up episode two of this right away. Yeah, this is, this is great. Um, now I should have given it a little bit of a better intro. Basically what the series is following a, I, I mean, I guess there's only really the WWE and the AEW are the two huge wrestling companies. And mm -hmm. there used to be a ton of smaller ones, but really this one called OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, is like the last one left. And they are basically operating out of a huge warehouse that's next to a dog training uh, um, company, who I guess is in <laughs> a, the, the warehouse next to it. And it's just a group of ragamuffin criminal insane bulked up um dramatic people that form a family trying to keep this small wrestling business alive and the show eventually i there's just my, this isn't really spoilers but you eventually follow them a little bit on it they go out they leave the building and they go on a tour 
And the real pivotal thing is that they're losing money. They used to be a funnel directly to the WWE, which is Al Snow, the the co-owner and the founder of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, well, actually, I don't know if he's the founder, the modern day founder. It used to be a feeder system, but it's not anymore. The WWE is finding their own people. So they're basically trying to find money. And I believe in the first episode, they bring in Matt, right? And Matt Jones is a local sports radio personality. He's like, hi, everybody. It's me, Matt. We're here in the, you know, (laughs) KU. And like, he's talking all about Kentucky and Ohio. I didn't even know the Ohio Valley went through Kentucky. This is like justified area, right? (laughs) That's what this is. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's the holla. That's like, this is like (laughs) where these people are coming from to watch this wrestling. Um, And Matt is like a younger guy. He actually wants to make money. And that kind of is what the, that's a little bit of the focus of the show is is those two trying to figure out how to keep this fucking business alive. But in the meantime, you meet all the wrestlers. Main for me is the new love of my life, Hollywood Haley J, who is <laughs> this total white trash trailer park girl. She, but she has so, does she not have like, she's only 22. She has so much personality. She is just like, if she doesn't become f- super famous from this show, I don't know what's wrong with America because she is America. Like yeah, I'm, su- I'm super curious what's going to happen with her. Even like I said, only watched one episode. I'm super curious yeah. where her, just where her story is going to go just on this show, but definitely like outside of this show, like what impact this is going to have on, on I'm, I'm curious about all of them, but her in particular, I'm yeah. curious what this, what impact this show is going to have. It's great. And you, like you said, it, it's a real, this is a real Maisel's brothers, old style documentary. They shot the fucking shit out of this. Yeah. By the the time you're on like episode five or six or whatever, you're like, holy shit. They were like embedded with these people. They, they I I already have that feeling. I'm like, man, they must have recorded every fucking thing. Yeah. (laughs) They did. It's great. I really, I don't know, man. I'm glad that you watched it. I think you should review it for for one mic but that's up to you i know you have a schedule but i think people are going to go nuts already this is picking up a lot of steam no i I think i think i probably will it's just it's i didn't expect the thing is i kind of like okay i'm i even before i watch a show i'm thinking like this might be something i'm going to want to cover whereas like this it was like all right let me watch this so i can at least be able to discuss it with axel now i'm in a position where like (laughs) it's like i'm kind of awkward like damn i I might have to cover this one this is really fucking good but now i'm kind of like but i'm kind of on my heels now because i'm just like okay well now i gotta because it's weird because it's netflix if it was a weekly release i wouldn't worry about it but it's like all seven episodes are out so it's like okay well what do i do do i scramble and try to watch all seven and then do one thing do i try to do each each episode like so that that's kind of in the spot where I'm at right now trying to figure out uh, yeah. what I want to do, if anything. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and the Netflix ones are hard. That's like us when we did Mindhunter. We just took our time. We were like, fuck it. People are going to watch this show. They're going to come back to it. It's on Netflix. And actually, mm-hmm. I think that that was probably true because every week from the, uh, what what's the chartable or whatever, I, I signed up and 
there's still people all over the fucking world watching that Mindhunter. I mean, listening to that Mindhunter <laughs> podcast, man. It's crazy. Like, we're, like, number 20 in France. I'm like, what? And then the next <laughs> week, it'll be, like, uh, you know, I don't know, like, Niger or something like that. It's just, they, they it, every, everywhere in the world, they'll watch these shows. Um, there's just a certain appeal. And Netflix is worldwide. So it's just like, you know, yeah. when we turn our Netflix on, there's so many foreign language shows. That's the way it is for everyone around the world. And, yeah. you know, English is just one of them. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that you watch Wrestlers. Should I watch The Changeling, the new show on Apple TV Plus? I know this is a show that you are watching. I believe you're reviewing it, too. Tell me mm -hmm. about it. So the premise essentially is that Lakeith Stanfield, uh, his character, he gets he meets and marries this woman. They have a kid together. And the woman seems to uh, start to lose her shit mentally. Uh, she right before they got married, she went on this little excursion to Brazil and had a run in with a witch. And she oh, comes okay. back and then, yeah, yeah. You're like, I, she I'm, just I'm, had a run in with a witch. Yeah, running with a witch. Uh, yeah, she comes back and, uh, like I said, they, they get married, they have a kid, events take place. She starts to seem like she's losing her marbles. And then uh, by the end of around episode three, I believe, because you know how Apple does, they put the first two or three out at one time and they kind of treat it as like one thing, kind of, you know? So by the end of like episode three, essentially the kid and the woman are gone. And now the key Stanfield has to figure out what the fuck happened. And now that's what he's doing. And there's a whole lot of like magic shit, uh, witches, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's generally the kind of the tone of it, a kind of like a spooky suspense horror kind of deal. Um, as far as whether or not you should watch it, I, I'm, I'm tepid on it. Okay. Uh, I, I enjoy aspects of it. Uh, but as of now, I kind of feel like it's not really doing anything to where I'm saying like, oh, you got to check this out. You got to see this thing about it or you got to see this performance. Like like there's nothing that really jumps out. It's like, OK, this is cool. But like, I, like, I don't know. I, I, right now, I just kind of feel like it's not doing anything that makes me want to recommend it to somebody. Now, if somebody, you know, is checking it out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can talk about it. It's a perfectly fine show. I enjoy watching it and I don't have any real complaints or anything about it either. It's just not something where I'm just like, oh, yeah, you should watch this because of blank. Yeah, I'm looking at the um, the creator and writer of this show, Kelly Marcel, wrote. Yeah, 50 I. Uh, oh, what's that? I, 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 I'm before you. I, I want you to continue reading what you're reading, but um, <laughs> that the when I read that prior to watching the show, yeah. I expressed some concerns yes. in the video that I did for the first three episodes. Okay, and yeah. in the video I did for today's episode, episode five, uh, I felt like some of my causes for concern were validated. So continue reading the um, <laughs> continue reading the work. She wrote the film Saving Mr. Banks. Fifty Shades of Grey, Venom, and its sequel, and both of the sequels, Let There Be Carnage, the, and then there's going to be another one. Now, this one I kind of like, though. She also created and served as executive producer of the television series Terra Nova, but I know she wasn't alone because Terra Nova was also, uh, what's his name? Uh, 
Craig Soak. Oh, wait, I thought there was another per- who ended up. I thought, yeah, Brandon Brago, I, I think, ended up show running it, though, because okay. and John Kassar from 24. But she did create. Uh, oh, gosh. Also, Peter Chernin. Oh, no, that's the guy who ended up like giving all this money to Trump. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Once you go down the deep end, that's like, um, um, like what's his name makes money off of, he was an initial investor in, uh, in Seinfeld. Oh, I can't remember that, that Trump acolyte who was, um, an initial investor in Seinfeld and he makes money from it. Steve Bannon. Oh, Steve, there's like a connection between Steve Bannon and Seinfeld or he gave, he put money into like one of his first projects or something like that. And then you're like, Oh God, man, the whole world is (laughs) incestuous. But, um, I was wondering if this was the same story as that. Remember Angelina Jolie was in a, uh, it was in a movie called the changeling. And that was based on a book, but it's a different book because this is a book from 2017, but I oh, okay. think that might be an offshoot or kind of a reworking or because it's, I think it's an even older story when a woman doesn't recognize their child as their own. Yes, that is the concept. Yeah. Okay. That, not, when I say no. when I say that the the wife looks like she's losing her shit. Yes. That's what that is. It's okay. it's her. Yeah. She's basically going around saying this isn't actually my kid. Uh-huh. It's something else and, and starts behaving erratic when nobody believes her. And there's all kinds of other weird shit happening to her that she can't prove. So people are looking like, okay, she's losing her marbles. So that that's yeah. Okay. Cause that was and what that plays out over the course of those first three episodes. That's the Angelina Jolie in the Angelina Jolie movie. Her child is kidnapped, then returned to her and the child that's returned to her is uh. she does not think is really her child. I feel so, like I saw that, but when you yeah. said the when you said Angelina Jolie and the Changeling, I feel like I didn't. I thought I, like, I didn't see that, but when you describe that, sounds familiar. So I'm like, maybe I did see that. Did I? Maybe. But yeah, same concept. Wait, there was a movie. Oh wait, there's also a movie in 1980 with George C. Scott. That's a oh, <laughs> that's right. I remember this one. That's a horror one. Yeah, he stays at a mansion. I remember that. His wife and daughter die in a car crash. I guess the, I guess Changeling just sounds cool. It's like from Star Trek too, the Changelings. Um, yeah. But that, but I do remember there wasn't it. Wait, am I wrong? Was it not Angelina Jolie? Yeah, Angelina uh, Jolie in two thousand. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not even sure if I saw it. <laughs> yeah, two thousand eight. John Malkovich, Jeffrey Donovan was in it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kid she doesn't think is hers. But I think that's a old. I think that this might go back to folk tales. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so too. So I think that's why this show kind of interests me because I love folk horror stuff. That's kind of my favorite kind of horror stuff when it's like connected to like an ancient evil or like the land or it's just like passed down from generation. I like that kind of that's kind of interesting to me. So yeah, I, I I like that stuff too, and I do think the show started off strong. I really enjoyed the first four episodes, but like this this one, this fifth one, uh, it is some some like I said, some problems arose, and I was kind of just like, uh, I I don't know how I feel about these this multitude of 
issues that I have. And yeah. uh, I, 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 so that's why right now my reception is kind of tepid because I just watched the new episode. But like if you had asked me this two days ago, I might have encouraged you to watch it. So and, and so now my now I'm kind of sitting in a place where like I want to see how they finish it. Because now I'm like now I'm after this fifth episode, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. But I can also see it finishing strong. So I kind of want to I think it's eight episodes, I want to say. So that means there's another three. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to see how those other three go. Well, Lakeith Stanfield, too. He's such a charismatic, great actor. Um, he is. And anytime he does anything that I just think that who's the other dude from Atlanta who plays the main rapper? Uh, I always forget Brian his Tyree name. Henry. Oh, God damn, is he good, too. Every time they're in something else... It makes their performances in Atlanta even better, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're so fucking convincing. And I never saw either of them in anything before Atlanta that I so they I just felt it's just always amazing to me. I'm like, wow, they really they both have range. Um, But yeah, I like that dude. But this is his show. This is a big deal for him, right? I mean. And he chooses good projects too. Yeah. Like I've, I, I can't recall anything I've seen him in where I was like, well, that sucked. Like I feel like mo- like he chooses things that are at least interesting to me, not just like your generic run of the mill bullshit. Like every, it seems like most of the projects that he's in are things where I'm like, well, I haven't seen anything like that before. Let me give it a shot. So yeah, he's a, uh, he's always good to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll check out an episode with my wife of the Changeling, and we'll see. Um, yeah. Give it a, yeah, give it a, give it a couple. We'll see what's up. Now, I want to ask you about a show that was recently canceled that you were covering as well. I haven't had a yeah. chance too much to talk to someone about too much about the cancellation, or I don't think so. I've talked a lot this week. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about Winning Time. What's your reaction to the cancellation, and what did you think of season two? So, I I, I want to before I talk about, it, I kind of want to be clear. Like, I'm not really upset about the cancellation itself. Like, I generally don't get too upset about cancellations just because it's it's Me such a, a way of this life, yep. you know, like of, of being in the shows and watching. It just it just happens so often that it's like, you know, shit I like gets canceled. It is what it is. And I, I just go, oh, man, that sucks. And yep. that's awesome. When it gets renewed, <laughs> I'm always like, holy shit, it got renewed. That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. I, that's yes. That's kind of how I approach it. It's like when it ends, I'm like, well. Hopefully it gets renewed and then I, I go on about my life. So I'm not particularly upset that it was canceled. But what I didn't like was that I didn't feel like it was given a fair shot. Like, I feel like that that season felt very. Uh, we see you have a story to tell, but we're only going to give you X amount of episodes to tell it. And we don't really give a shit how it ends. Like it, it I thought it started off so good. Like, I really, really liked the first like five episodes like and people were even complaining about the pacing then. And all I was saying was like, really, it's just skipping over unimportant basketball shit that we don't really need to see. But like it's spending time on uh, Pat Riley. It's spending time on Westhead. It's spending time on Magic and Bus and Kareem on like the things that are interesting to me. And it's spending time on that. And I think this stuff's really working. And then like these last two episodes, I think my biggest issue was that I felt like the the kind of like. The, the theme of this season was building. It was kind of like you you're going to want to see magic versus bird. Like that's what we're building up toward. Right. Yeah. And I thought all that build up was solid. 
And then I was also noting, I'm like, they're trying to do this shit with Jeannie and they're trying to do this shit with this this honey uh, woman that he's married to. Yep. All of this is bad. They don't really give a fuck about this. I don't care about it either, but I like everything else. So whatever. And then you get to the end of it and they're like, all right, game one of, of Lakers versus Celtics. And you're like, eh. and this is game one final score. I'm like, you don't even show the fucking thing. Like, like, like you built up to this all season and you just skipped over the whole fucking game. And then the whole episode was like that. We're like skipped over the games and there was virtually no interaction between Bird and Magic. And then there was a whole lot of like the genie stuff and a whole yep. lot of, of honey. And I'm like, why am I spending the finale, the final episode with all the shit that you guys put no effort into all season and all the stuff that I wanted to see, wanted to see is getting skipped over. And it was like what I think I, the resolution that I came to is that this wasn't meant to be the end. This was meant to just be a step kind of like, OK, we're going to showcase we're going to show them failing in this first meeting and then we're going to spend the rest of the season building up to them being victorious in 85 and then like i, I can accept it that way if it's just if it's just like a, a piece of the story and then i would look at the genie and the honey stuff the same way and be like okay well now they're putting some effort into the thing that they haven't been putting up effort into up till now so like i feel like the episode is fine as a episode seven of ten but as a season and series finale it just felt like HBO said, like, I see what you're working toward here through five episodes, but you're not going to get any more than two. So wrap the shit up. And then they threw on the shitty fucking ending where there's like, we own this on the court. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with anything. And it's dumb. And they got the title cards that tell the title cards that tell you the point of the show. It's called Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. They don't even get there. They're like, yeah, the dynasty. <laughs> they reached the dynasty started 1985. And then you the, the things, all the things they were building toward, we have to watch on title cards. And that's what that's what pissed me off is that I feel like HBO basically told the show and all the people who worked hard on it and put all this effort and creativity into it. Fuck you. We're not doing that show anymore. And we don't give a fuck how it ends. And now no one's going to watch it because it has a it feels incomplete and it's about a story that you can look up online. So no one's ever going to watch it either. And I just think that's a really shitty way to treat the <laughs> show that try to do something new. Yeah. Or creative, I should say, not necessarily something new, but take a you know take a a, a story and try to tell it in a in a creative and and, and uh, a new kind of way. And HBO is just like, yeah, fuck you. And like, I, that's what bothers me. Sorry, that was my little mini. No, mini I appreciate that, and I agree with a lot. There's there's a lot to be said about this show because and the cancellation and what's going on with streaming and everything. But when you boil it down to the show itself, like you did, I have to agree with you. Now, the truth is it wasn't supposed to be the final episode, but they found out before it aired. So they had time to add that part with mm -hmm. them sitting on the floor, right? And, and you could tell. Yeah. It feels like it was added on. Yep. Um, and I agree too. Look, I don't think this was a great show. The more I think about it, I enjoyed it. I got to like the guy playing Magic. Initially, I didn't like him because I I still feel he didn't have the same goofiness that Magic Johnson had because mm -hmm. that was kind of part of his appeal as a player, too, and just his smile and everything. He just didn't have this. He doesn't move like him. The guy playing Kareem was amazing. 
Um, I think, yeah, I think if, he's really good. Yeah. And I think that guy can get work afterward, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. we'll be seeing him. The guy that plays uh, Magic, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a little cook, cookie, a lot of cookie, right? <laughs> like, um, And I've listened to a bunch of pods talking about this and um, you talking about this. And I know there's a connection. I was always a Celtics and Knicks fan. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit about the Lakers. I don't give a shit about Kobe. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. That doesn't mean anything to me. Um, I was interested in, I was actually, I feel like they shafted Larry Bird so hard in this show that it and made him into a caricature that was just not even that interesting. You know, like he's just like a foil for magic. But then again, I have to agree with you in the end, Mike, that this show tried something different and new. And I like they even toned down the stupid editing and format changes. The first couple episodes, the first episode especially, it's like, can Adam McKay just go away for the rest of my life? (laughs) There's a reason why Will Farrell doesn't work with you anymore. And that's because Will Farrell is a fucking genius and you suck, Adam McKay. I have decided (laughs) that Adam McKay sucks. I don't want to have anything to do with this dude anymore. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. I'm going off, man. It's Friday. (laughs) Fuck it. His politics are weird. What he's tra- he never says what he's trying to say, and 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 the Oliver Stone ripoff format bullshit is not working. Okay, and it never worked for the show. <laughs> um, but I still like to see more of the show. It wasn't great. Yeah. It, it had problems. I didn't give a shit about Jerry and any of that shit. I actually I wish they spent more time with his daughter because I know because she becomes so much more important later. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, overall, yeah. And they didn't, there was a lot of the NBA. It was a little bit before my time, but just becoming my time. So I would have liked to see, you know, there was a quote that the, um, the series creator said, we wanted to go to 1991, but there's more story to be told after that. We could have skipped five years and, and gone to 96 when they signed Shaquille and trade for Kobe. I didn't even know they traded for Kobe. I don't know where Kobe played before that. Um, no, they it was a draft trade. Oh, okay. Um, but that would have been interesting to me. Um, and of course, I hope this doesn't kill the idea of doing shows like this because I love sports. And my hope was that if this was successful, they do like the Jordan rules. And we mm-hmm. get to see that because that's what I, I, I would much rather. I know that's your time more too right like yeah that so i would love i mean come on could you imagine just like i don't know i just keep on thinking they would have had fun with like dominique wilkins or something just some of the characters of that time you know yeah um but generally speaking i i I feel the same way you feel there was a lot of promise there but then again but things get canceled what are you gonna do yeah you can't get to hopefully somebody will pick it up but yeah yeah I, like i kind of i f- kind of feel the same way it was like it's not a great show but i did really enjoy watching it Me every too. week and i was like oh, i want to see what happens and and you know like seeing some stuff that i don't know either things that i looked up and was like oh wow that actually happened or seeing things that i knew about and you know i, I don't know i just i really enjoy watching that show and i don't know i just thought it got a raw deal ending that way yeah i wish they at least got to 
put a second, a complete feeling second season together, at least if they were going to end it shittily. And it was weird, man. It was weird. By the time they won like the second or third title, I was like, wait, I had to Google it. You shouldn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like they should be able to explain to you what happened. Like all of a sudden Riley was the coach and they jumped three years or something. I think I wasn't even sure. And I loved, I absolutely loved Adrian Brody as uh, Pat Riley and what's his name? Michael Shannon. Um, yeah. No, it's not my, I call Wait, him. What? I always Michael mix Shannon. him up. I mix it. I, I, <laughs> I get the, I call those two guys the same because they're like, they're like similar actors always to me. They have that same big square head. Um, they do look at them next to each yeah, other. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. They yeah. fucking look. Al- What's his name again? Uh, Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Yeah. yeah, he was in. Um, he was in Zero Dark Thirty, wasn't he? Jason Clark. He was fucking good in that. I think too. so. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's good in everything. He's, he's awesome. And he, he he's great at playing an asshole too. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking awesome, man. He is yeah. a great actor. Really, really great actor. Um, all right, so. I want to ask you about a show that you're not covering, but that you comment on Facebook about. And I think we may have divergent opinions, which is a little Star Wars show up in here called (laughs) Ahsoka. What are you thinking of Ahsoka? Okay. uh, Short, uh, (laughs) short, short thoughts. Um, I thought it was boring and going nowhere and taking too long and just lingering on things that i didn't care about and i'm just like this shit's not going anywhere and it's boring uh i thought the last episode was outstanding nice (laughs) i love love the last episode and i all i wish is that they had gotten there sooner like if that was episode three i probably wouldn't have had any complaints at this point but i just felt like this is where we should have been at a couple episodes ago and we just took too long to get here that's really my main complaint about the show um i thought that and this episode in particular, too, like the visuals of this shit are bananas. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> like it reminded me of uh, The Last Jedi in that The Last Jedi felt like. Like a classier. But. Turned up kind of version of the Star Wars universe, like like we're going to get a little bit more sci fi with 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 how we how we have everybody looking and, and and how it feels and and I liked that aspect of the Last Jedi and I I felt that in this episode too in particular I was like these are just really cool visuals and it looks like mm-hmm. something that's very very sci-fi but not quite Star Warsy but I like it <laughs> so mm-hmm. like I like it but even though it didn't quite feel Star Warsy uh, but yeah like uh, man it looks has some cool fucking shots man yeah I have to say that. This might be my favorite Star Wars show. More than Andor? I I, I don't know. It might be. I, I don't. Oh I God. think I'll I'll put it to you this way. I use the word favorite, just like when Heath we do the film. Okay, list. that's okay. Well, that's that's fair. That's yeah, fair. yeah. Heath likes to remind me these aren't my top movies, Axel. These are my favorite right. movies. Yeah, I think yeah, this yeah. might be my favorite because it's so simple. It's so direct. It looks fucking amazing. Like I, man, let me tell you something. I know you don't get high during podcasts as I am right now, 
But when I'm watching this show, I get high as fuck, and I and I'll sit there. I don't think I've watched an episode sober. Yeah. Oh, I'm always high when I watch this. <laughs> when I watch that, it is out of this world, man. It looks they have really with this show they have really perfected using that volume thing and using natch and mixing it and mm -hmm. also um i think the animals are looking better it's just a step yeah, forward that, yeah. and no yeah i yeah yeah I, I i love it and and i don't even love rosario dawson as ahsoka did you watch the rebels and the clone wars I have not watched either in their entirety. I have seen bits and pieces of both. Okay. So I'm familiar with the characters and the backstory, but I haven't seen anything in its entirety. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any, I, I'm not even close to seeing them in their entirety, but I've seen enough okay. to, to be familiar. I saw about half of rebels. Cause I was watching it while it was coming out on like Disney XD. I remember because at the <laughs> yep, time yep. I also bought some Lego, which by the way, if you had bought the original Lego versions of, um, all of the, the ghost and the ghost, the little mini ghost and all the characters at, you'd be it's bank dude that's worth like two grand or something now people fucking go nuts for any of the rebels uh lego stuff but that's a different podcast andy will like that andy's sitting there going yup axel's right um <laughs> it i so i watched it but then i stopped and clone wars i'm in and out of too i just sometimes animation hits me in the wrong way it's just too loud too cacophonous i just get all the battles start blending to me you know mm -hmm. and it's like i just want to watch the first 10 minutes where they set up the plot then they then fast forward past the battle to the last five minutes where they resolve it with words but um on this i've loved all the action so i know a little bit but i found that kind of interesting though like the fact that i know who some of the characters i know who sabine is I know Hera. Um, I, I know Ezra that they're looking for. I know yeah. who Hera's um, son, Jason's dad is. Yeah, Kanan. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know him too, yeah. but I don't yep, know I what know happened to him. I don't know the final battle they're talking about. And in actuality, that kind of made me more interested in the plot because they connected it well. I don't I'm, on Monday, I'm going to have Julian on who is covering this show and is an expert watched all of this shit like five times. And I'm going to ask mm -hmm. him his perspective. But I think they've done a very good job of laying it out. You're right. It was slow. It was slow. But I appreciated that because sometimes I think some of the other stuff, even Andor, it was like too much plot. I see that. It, it I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I no, was gonna okay. make that point. I was gonna make that make uh, this kind of point in in that it really does come down to perspective because I said this started off slow and it didn't work for me, and but then I I saw other people say the same thing about Andor and I was like, wasn't slow for me. I loved it from day one, and so like it just it it really is. It's just what floats your boat. Yep, that's true. But either way, I think we both agree that it's of of a high quality. And oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The visuals alone are worth watching it for. Um, and I do have to say, man, 
So sad that Ray Stevenson died like a month before this shit dropped because he would have had a resurgent career. He is so great in this show. Yeah. He is fan fucking tastic as Balin. Like this is one of the I, I've I've always liked Ray Stevenson and he hasn't always chosen the best roles. You know, he shows up in some shitty action stuff here and there, and I've always felt like he was kinda he could he could have like stepped into that um Liam Neeson kind of like a man with a particular set of skills kind of like he he just has right. that and he's kind of a bit more dashing too you know he's got the accent a little bit he's a little bit more you know i don't know i want i don't know why i want to say von v- i don't what's that word i can't anyway i'm not even going to try but anyway <laughs> rosario dawson really grew on me and the character becomes more and more open as I like the character development. Someone online, I can't, I think it was Josh Nathan, has said to me when I said that she was kind of stoic and robotic, he was like, they kind of explain that. And I actually think they do. I think they do a good job of, through her interactions with Anakin, show. Uh, what, yeah, I was to say through the, yeah, through yeah. the uh, Anakin episode. Yeah. yeah. She's like kind of letting go of that hurt, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but also God damn, if they, what lengths Filoni and Favreau and all these motherfuckers are going to just to correct that terrible movie, right? Like to come up with a reason how the emperor could be hidden with, with all these ships at the end of the last (laughs) Skywalker or whatever the fucking, that garbage (laughs) movie was named, even though I watch it again and I kind of like it. (laughs) <laughs> but they came up with this stupid plot, right, just to bring the emperor back. And now they're, they're here they are backtracking to fill all that in and doing it with so much more grace and making it so much more interesting with all the cloning stuff. And that's in that's in the um, uh, Boba Fett and uh, and Mando shows. Right. And Andor. Mm-hmm. I like the crossover, too, with uh, how Mon Mothma is she Genevieve O'Reilly shows up in this show yeah. and she's also an Andor. Yep. I like that. Me too. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're making some great points, man. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, man. I, I disagree with none of them. Well, I think you might have to get going, buddy. We might have to save foundation for the next time you come on. Um, I don't yeah, know how much it, time it, you got. Yeah, no, I, I got to go okay. because if I, if I if I started talking about foundation, we'd yeah. be here for a while. But what I will say, I, I do want to say this, man, I fucking loved foundation. I was yeah. so proud of what foundation ended up becoming and how that season progressed and looking back on it in retrospect and just like, man, that foundation fucking crushed it this year, man. And I, I it's especially because I didn't like some, I'm not gonna say I didn't like it when it started. There was a specific aspect of it that I didn't like at the beginning. And to not only just to see how important and how that aspect that I didn't even like was integrated into what it became and just seeing how all that unfolded and to end with that finale, which was f- out fucking standing like, man, foundation, my head is off to them, man. They, they fucking crushed it. All right, man. Let's end it there. Cause I totally agree. Yeah. I love it. Brother day. That's right. Um, <laughs> Mike, how can we find you? 
All right. You can find me, uh, One Mike. You can search that on YouTube. Uh, that's also on Twitter. Uh, I believe it's at One Mike Network. Yes, that's definitely what it is. And you can find my personal Twitter at Michael underscore Aaron. And uh, yeah, and then you can find One Mike on Facebook as well. Yeah, baby. And uh, you can find that in the show notes because it's in every episode of our show because Mike is a patron and we are a patron of him. So head on over to uh, patreon.com slash one Mike and support Mike as well. Independent podcaster, YouTuber, creators, dudes who like to get high and watch TV. That's what it's all about. Um, Thanks again for coming on, pal. And um, thanks everyone for listening. DVRpodcast.com. Peace out. Peace.